Today's episode of Tyson Tate is brought to you by Discover. With prices soaring at the pump, Discover has your back with cash back. Use Discover to earn 5% cash back at gas stations and Target now through June on up to $1,500 in purchases when you activate. We know every dollar matters right now, but you can count on us. Get up to $75 cash back this quarter with the Discover It card. Limitations apply. Learn more at discover.com slash rewards. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash T ampersand T. That's CoorsLight.com slash TNT. Please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, at long last, Tate, Andrew Wiggins is respected yes. by the NBA community. Eight years after Tate, he was taken number one in the uh, 20, it was 2014, right? That was that was a draft. Yeah. And now he's officially Michael Jordan of Canada, right? Now, <laughs> now he did it. For if, if only for one moment in time. I, th- th- we figured out what it took for Andrew Wiggins to silence his critics. Uh, again, if only for a moment in time. And it was dunking on the NBA's golden boy, Luka Yeah, Doncic. the critics' beloved child, Luka Doncic. You and, have to and, dunk on him and then you're good. And an act of basketball so unbelievable in the minds of the NBA Illuminati or, or who the powers that be that run the league that the official w- watching it happen right in front of his face is like, that can't be right. I'm, th- that has to be a foul on Wiggins. That's the only thing that makes sense. That Luca, that the, that this man who could jump out, he even actually dunk the basketball, already caught an offensive foul. He's like, no way, <laughs> get this out of my face. <laughs> that this man who is like six eight and can jump out of the, the the one thing we know about him is he can jump out of the gym. Uh, it just does not compute that he could jump over a fat dude and dunk on him. That, there's no way he had to no have cheated in some. Huge win for uh huge win for white people though, Tate, on, on that one. That they that they assumed that like Wiggins cheated somehow. Because usually <laughs> it usually works the other way that like Luca blocks his dunk, Ooh. and then the rest are like, there's no way. No way. He, Definitely there's not that. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like Tyler Hero and the uh the Celtics. Who who did he block where he, he chased it was Marcus Smart, right? He had the chase down and that was Marcus Smart. That that was hundred percent. There's no way that white dude can but as we said, Tyler Hero needs to be in White Man Can't Jump. He, he should be the star of it. He, he, this was his, that was the opening scene of the new movie. Him blocking yeah. Marcus Smart. The rest are like, there's, there is no way this white dude pinned that on the glass. That's definitely about, uh, anyway, we're going to talk about Andrew Wiggins a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, Luca. Does Luca need help? Luca might need help. hundred yeah, percent needs help. Not after game two, did not need help, but after game but three. Now he needs help. It's, it's looking like Luca might need help. And, uh, speaking of Marcus Smart, um, Shout out to him for breaking his ankle in half and then coming back out. Shout out to uh, Jason Tatum. For getting uh, jealous of that moment and saying, yes. I will one-up that moment. I want to talk about that. And I realize that most people listening, it's going to be outdated because the uh, Celtics and Heat play game four tonight and the Celtics are going to win. And then all the uh, the Boston media machine is going to talk about how the Celtics are back and the Celtics are clearly the better team. And now the series is over um, and uh, yada, yada, yada. But for our purposes today, Tate, I want to laugh at how preposterous that game yeah. three was of every Boston Celtic player that happens with the new cycles of yeah. the NBA playoffs. We acknowledge that and we laugh at it and we have fun with it, but everyone else, they take it very serious as if they didn't say two days prior that Luka Doncic was better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, right, right. I don't know. 
So for, for this moment in time, I want to laugh at every Boston Celtics player flopping around on the ground, looking like they were going to be dead, and then <laughs> finding the strength in the back tunnels of TD Garden. <laughs> yeah. And they gave the credit to Adrenaline, so it was a big week for Adrenaline. Yeah. They're like, Huge. not, yeah, actually going through uh, protocols, his ankle is a lot more severe than we thought, but Adrenaline got him. Adrenaline is, is the, the, the drug of choice, I guess, in Boston. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about that. I I also want to hit a few other things with you that I'm going to surprise you on. Uh, oh, so we'll, we'll we'll see how many of that, how much of that stuff we get to. Uh, all of that coming up at first. Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, let's start off the top. Uh, Tate is in North Carolina. I think that's important to uh, say for two reasons. One, I want I'm going to ask you something here in a second. But two, uh, right before we started recording, you said that there is a tornado warning. That yes, is happening. Got, my my phone started going off, and I thought it was like an Amber Alert sound. But uh, upon uh, diving in and seeing my my mom comes downstairs with the dogs, there is an active tornado warning. So. My mom and the dogs and my dad are now all downstairs sitting right in front of me. I have a live studio audience here uh, in North Carolina <laughs> as a tornado is passing through. So this is, uh, you know, I my parents wanted me to record and work from home. They're going to see it live and in person right now. They don't even have to go. listen to podcasts anymore, you know, just one side of me talking into a microphone. How common are tornadoes in Carolina? They're more common than you think. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid and I would watch Wizard of Oz and, you know, you see the tornado, I thought that was possible and that could happen in North Carolina pretty easily. Not the not the level of Kansas, obviously, but we get tornadoes here. We get yeah. everything in North Carolina. Hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever whatever you like, you can get it here. <laughs> Is that on the side when you drive it? <laughs> yeah, if you're a storm chaser, just come here. Just You'll come to it. come to North Carolina. Are you the type of people that go out on the... I mean, obviously you're doing the show right now, but under different circumstances... Mm. Uh, do you do you watch the tornadoes? That's how people were. My dad like, drove home in the tornado warning. So I. I think oh, that's he, right. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah, your dad. Your dad is a. Yeah, your dad's a real man. Your, your, <laughs> Coach Frazier's a real man. We we know yeah. that. <laughs> no concern about the warning. Uh, but you know, I I would go outside if it was like you know safe distance away and I could get a look at it. But the movie Twister really haunted me from the idea of going to chase down a storm. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. terrifying stuff. I I can't see myself in a roadside ditch. You know, to, hey, you know, hiding out from the tornado—that's not really me. The Midwest is um, the the mid in the Midwest. You you go out and you watch the tornado, and God forbid, like the tornado starts coming at you. <laughs> then, like like the, the way it would work for a Midwestern man is he would go outside when he hears there's a tornado. He'd go outside and watch it all the way up until the tornado's like a hundred yards away, and then the tornado would. I, this, like some sort of debris would hit him. Like he he would he would survive, obviously, but like <laughs> the, the, there would be some sort of trauma. And then when he's telling the story to his buddies, he would blame the tornado or blame like he would yes. he would put the blame on. It. He's like, I did what I did every other storm. I don't understand what was different about this yeah, one. Me and Martha go outside. We 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 take yeah. a look every single time. It was bullshit. It was heading west, and then all of a sudden, it turns north. And like, how was I supposed to know? You know, <laughs> the south of the north. You know what I mean? It's yeah, similar, yeah. similar tendencies. <laughs> and you're listening to the story and you're like uh jason why didn't you just like go into your basement and he's like what no i would never do that what the, what yeah. the hell would i do that what do i look yeah, like man uh anyway i was gonna ask you with you being in north carolina i wanted to start the show asking me this uh a vibe check um what is what is the vibe you, you when, when did you get to carolina a couple days ago yesterday? uh sunday so i was supposed to fly sunday, out saturday okay. morning and then i woke up saturday the tornadoes no, no well delta <laughs> had just changed my flight they canceled the flight to north carolina and moved me to the next day so if i had something to do saturday night delta said we don't care 
We don't wow. care. We'll see you Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Uh, so I woke up yesterday, 3.30 a.m. in the morning in Los Angeles, got to the airport, flew across the country, got to North Carolina, got to see the family um, for one night. But the vibe check is is pretty much this. Everything's going great here. You know what I mean? Minus the tornadoes, obviously. <laughs> the tornadoes are, are not um, what I wanted to see or what I expected to see, but everything else is... is well, I was, I was curious, just the uh, having your boots on the ground there, what is the, uh, the vibe in the sense of uh, North Carolina basketball and that Ooh. are we still reeling? Are we still... Um, basking i guess in the, the glory of the last month of the season that the tar heels uh got to beat duke twice go on this yeah. incredible run to the national title game um beat ucla along the way baylor it wasn't just duke there's a lot of fun moments leaky black throws a pass off the backboard <laughs> that's the we way all remember <laughs> mind, yes <laughs> um do you feel like we are still focusing on that and enjoying that for a little bit longer, or is it now we are we have we have moved forward and we are looking forward to next season because the Tar Heels are probably going to be number one? Matthew Meyer just said that he's coming back to college. He's going to transfer from Baylor. A lot of folks are circling North Carolina because they he lost. Followed Brady. Caleb Love on Instagram today. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Big the, news. the one the one question mark the Heels have going into next year is how do you replace Brady Manick? And and you say to yourself, uh, just get the other. The, 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 the other the, the stretch four white dude with, with yeah. goofy hair and <laughs> yeah um so what say you where, where where where's the the vibe check on that are we still like are we still hanging the banner are we still pulling on the 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 uh, rope that's hanging the banner from last year or is the banner now up and we're we're looking forward to next year I just think that a lot of the flags that I saw in the neighborhood of the Duke flags seem not to be out. They're, they're, they've changed to American flags or, you know, what other, you know, memorial. The tornadoes got them. The tornado yeah, came yeah, through yeah. and just ripped I don't all the see, Duke flags I don't see the Duke flags that I saw uh, a lot <laughs> last time I was here. I don't know what's going on there. But I will say there just seems to be a certain level of security in, in North Carolina with North Carolina basketball right now. We, we were in a bit of a dark spot. We had about 10 years of Coach K getting preferential treatment, you know, the PR of Duke basketball. So I just think that we're all secure knowing that one, that storm has passed. Mm -hmm. And two, the storm is never going to come again, Titus. We think. And now <laughs> you and I have talked about yeah. potentially it, it rising back and coming back. But I think there's like a we're in the eye of the storm, maybe. There, there's a sense of calm and peace knowing that one, you know, the 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 witch is dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> to, to take it back to Wizard of Oz, the witch is dead, and we are all celebrating right now and enjoying ourselves. But you All know, right. another storm may pass through and uh, then we have to saddle back up and figure it out. But right now it's nice. Right now it's all chill. And honestly, everyone is is in good spirits because even the Duke fans hung two banners. You know what I mean? They have decided to disassociate from reality that they lost to North Carolina in the Final Four. So what they're banners? Like, what oh, yeah, they hung they a Final Four banner and a Coach K's that final season banner. Yeah. That can't be right. That, <laughs> they only hang right. title banners, don't they? Well, that's... What what their former coach, Mr. K, said, uh, but Mr. <laughs> K <laughs> was not right about that. Um, <laughs> I, I like I was, calling it Mr. K, by the way. I, I, for whatever reason, it just has a funny ring to it. Mr. My mom is laughing at Mr. K. <laughs> I was trying to think of uh, all the Wizard of Oz references. Uh, oh, there's so many. And then uh, trying to segue into Andrew Wiggins somehow with Kansas. And I came up with nothing. And instead, what you're hearing is me <laughs> pivoting the conversation away from Tornadoes and Wizard of Oz and towards Andrew Wiggins, who oh. uh, who dunked all over Luka Doncic, who, who yes. has now um, 
I hope the Golden State Warriors take a three nothing lead on the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, again, we're recording this. Uh, what is it? Mon- it's Monday afternoon, so that was the game we watched last night. Um, I I, I want to talk about. It, it feels like Wiggins is is kind of the uh, the focal. He's the bell of the ball right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that seems to be. If we're going to talk about this series, he's the guy that we should probably be talking about because uh, it's a great opportunity to look back on his arc throughout the NBA and not even that throughout his one year at Kansas, where they lose to Stanford in the second round without Joel Embiid and. Yeah. And the hype, the hype that he had coming into um, Kansas, where he was the number one recruit in the country and the best recruit we've we've seen since LeBron James until Jabari Parker reclassified, or no, Wiggins. It was the other way around. Jabari Parker was the number one recruit. Yeah, that's how good Wiggins was. Jabari Parker was the number one recruit in the country, the best recruit since LeBron James. We've never seen anything like this guy. It is, it is the, the, the Jabari sweepstakes are are has everyone losing their minds. And then Andrew Wiggins reclassifies, and the guy who was the best player since LeBron is now the second best player in the class because the other guy who's the best player since LeBron. It was a very Chet and Amani Bates situation where we had, and Jalen Duran, where there were so many number ones, you could yes. keep your head on a swivel as to how every single top prospect was the next LeBron and also the best that player. Was, that was the canary in the coal mine that these recruiting services have, have lost their goddamn minds, and we should like all bail on them. But we haven't, and we're still here in 2022, and I'm hitting refresh, and I'm like, oh, my God. there How many number ones this year? That's crazy. What a loaded class. <laughs> and Wiggins was the first one I remember, like, it was just dragging out into the summer, you know? I was like, yeah. you can wait this long to commit yes. to a school? And turns out you can wait all the way until past the actual registration date, thanks to Imani Bates. That's how <laughs> As an aside, I had this thought the other day, and I, I probably had, I've probably shared this thought on the podcast, but... uh I, I rethought it the other day. There are way too many five stars. We got to clean that yeah. up. We got to clean up the star system. Like th- this is a great opportunity us as a basketball community to blow up the star system and come up with something better because there are, they're well over 25 stars in every single class. Um, there should be 10, five, there should be 10, five, there stars should be 10 in yeah. every class. Yeah. At most 10 at most. And, and some, and it should some, be shocking that there's like 13 or 14, like when it, there's years, there's 13 or 14. It's like, this class is just so loaded. We had to, yes, have this yes, yes. There's nothing we could do. Our hands were tied. <laughs> there were, just, we've never seen anything like this. Yeah, that's, I guess that's probably how it used to be. Like you look up the 2004 recruiting class, there's probably like three, five stars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Street and Smith magazine, you know, back in the day, they're like, uh, Rick Mount, four stars, four and a half stars, you know, we need, like, get a five star was hard. We need a star inflation expert on the show to explain to us the difference between a five star in 2006 versus 2023. Um, but then the other part, they, they only go down to three stars. So like you hear about these guys that are zero star recruits. They're not actually zero star recruits. They were, you know, like they were they, just they, unknown. They, they were, they were not, you know, in these services, right? That, they were probably like, like, surely they were a one or a two star recruit. Like if, if you get a, if you get a scholarship to play division one basketball, you have to be at least a one star recruit. Yeah. Zero star recruits don't get recruited at all, right? Exactly. But I, I always liked that Scout used to have one star, two star, you know, right. Like it would be not ranked, but you'd still be a two star. You'd be not ranked and you'd be a three star. And then it felt like we got into participation trophy land where we're just yes. like, okay, That's exactly it. No stars or your three stars are above. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, every guy what happened every, to one star. Every guy that was a two star or one star that had success would then shit all over the the, the stars. service that said <laughs> How's that for one star? And it's like, well, you know, you were CJ McCollum. I'm sorry to say you were, we all saw the picture of you with Costa Kufus. You're, you're five, you six, like a one star. Yeah. You're a one star guy. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, CJ. Like it's not, had we known you were going to hit puberty at the age of 21 and you know, like maybe we would have given you a star or two, but um, 
Anyway, enough about that. Back to Andrew Wiggins. So, so Andrew Wiggins, I, I do remember him as a guy who, even as we look back on the absurdity of what the recruiting services have become, he is a guy that has uh, withstood the test of, of hype, the, the, the test of time as it pertains to hype. That like it's still. I look back eight years ago and the Andrew Wiggins hype cycle, even uh, in, on the heels of all the different Kentucky classes that have come since then, and the um, the Duke classes, certainly the the Zion, RJ, Cam Reddish class. Uh, since, since all of that, I still vividly remember the Andrew Wiggins experience and the amount of yeah. hype that he had. Um, he had he, he was unbelievable at Kansas. Had had a great season at Kansas that that no one will acknowledge as a great season because yeah, the people way act it ended, like he didn't play. The people act like he you know Michael Porter Jr. did or Kyrie did and didn't even play that year when obviously Joel was more in that camp. But Wiggins was great, you know, Wiggins or that he Ben Simmons did just was like half assing the whole time yeah. and missed the tournament and you know he he. And, and, and it brings me to the, the point I want to make about Andrew Wiggins because I, I have always liked Andrew Wiggins. Um, I have I have always enjoyed watching Andrew Wiggins play basketball. I remember watching him uh, uh, at West Virginia. Didn't he have like 41 at West Virginia? That was yeah. like his big game that uh, that stood out to me. And he was like, and he went to Huntington Prep in West Virginia, so it was kind of like right. Game. Well, he's not from there. Well, the, the the whole narrative around the guy was that he's too passive. He doesn't care. He's he's just kind of out there going through the motions, and and a lot of it's warranted. We can kind of suss out some of the different things that were fair criticisms, not fair criticisms, whatever. Um, but the dude scored forty one in Morgantown. That's that's insane. That doesn't happen. And it was at a time when like West Virginia, it was press Virginia. It was all yeah, we ever no. heard about West Virginia was how great their defense was. And this man scored 41 points as a true freshman in Morgantown, West Virginia. Was it 40? I keep saying 41. That's what sticks out to me. I need to I need to look that up. And, but it's also um, one of those things where when he did that, it kind of solidified all of the hype that was happening around him the summer before. Because there was a lot of people that hadn't seen, you know, Andrew Wiggins play basketball. In fact, I remember when he came on his visit to North Carolina. I was in college at the time. And when he was on campus, I mean, there were signs everywhere. People were trying to get his, his attention. People were trying to convince him to come play at North Carolina. And he went to a Carolina game that night night and I asked James Michael I'm like what do you think about Wiggins do we have a shot and he was like he did not seem interested at all (laughs) (laughs) he's like stone cold face the entire time so (laughs) I mean I I think that was also one thing that a lot of people didn't get about Wiggins was they didn't understand kind of his uh, demeanor or like you know they didn't understand his personality or they didn't know kind of what got him to tick and I think the best thing about the Warriors you know from his you know, prep, prep days is the fact that he gets to play team basketball. And now we get to see what actually makes the guy tick, which is playing basketball amongst other people, right. that share the ball. And then sometimes that supreme athleticism can stand out and he can dunk on someone like Luca within the context of a game, but you don't have to go to him and say, Hey man, be Kobe Bryant, which listen, I felt like early on, everyone wanted him to be Kobe Bryant. Listen to the stat line. I just pulled it up. First of all, it was 41 points. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back for that memory. Good job, Mark. You did it. <laughs> Um, you, you won't hear the haters talk about that, but no. I, I remember that he scored 41, <laughs> uh, 41 points on 12 of 18 shooting Tate played 39 minutes, um, two for five from the three point line, eight rebounds, two assists and get this five steals, four block shots. Now, granted he fouled out and he had four turnovers, but my God. To go to go on the road and do steals, that. The steals cancel out the turnovers. So go and I remember clean. Uh, West Virginia won the game, by the way. And I remember West that West Virginia team being better than that. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's like part of the Andrew Wiggins experience. It's like he has a great thing, but he has a great game, but he doesn't win. Uh Embiid didn't play, by the way. Um Texas. anyway. Uh I, I, I just wanted to to kind of 
yeah, we, we, we kind of already said it. That it, I, I've always enjoyed watching Andrew Wiggins play basketball. There always has, I, I will say there has always been some part of you that watches him and, and hopes that there's a little bit more. There's, there's, there's always been that. I don't know what that is. Like, I, I think uh, you would point to him being passive. I think like that's, that seems to People be. People want him to be an alpha. You know what I mean? Yes. They want him yes. to have that killer mentality, whatever you want to call it. But and he has it in moments, you know what I mean? He just not that guy every single night that you're like, hey, you're going to bring this kind of moxie that we need. And it's nice that he finally gets to play within a role and then he can expand that role when he wants to, which is why we're enjoying watching it. The, the whole idea of of criticism, like, like Andrew Wiggins has never brought any of this on himself, to my knowledge. Like I, the, the guy, most basketball fans don't even know what his voice sounds like. He doesn't, he's not really out there. <laughs> talking shit in interviews. He's not pumping his own tires. He's not, he's never, ever been that way. Um, he, he gets drafted to Cleveland. The, 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 he's going to go number one. The, the Cavs get the number one pick that year. Um, I, as an Ohio guy that, that was a, a bandwagon Cavs fan, there was talk about LeBron maybe coming back to Cleveland. I started connecting the dots. I was like, Oh my God, you're going to have LeBron come back to Cleveland then his sidekick on offense is going to be Kyrie Irving. His sidekick on defense is going to be Andrew Wiggins. That team is going to be so, so good. LeBron is going to play until he's 50 because as he gets older, he's going to stay in Cleveland until he's 50 because as he gets older, he's going to let Kyrie carry the offense, Andrew Wiggins carry the defense, and then he gets in where he fits and he's in. like their mentor on both yes. sides, and he gets all the credit for kind of shepherding guys along. I got so excited for what that team was going to look like. I got so excited for the idea of Andrew Wiggins getting put in a position where he he's going to be drafted number one overall, but he's playing alongside two other guys that were drafted number one overall. So he doesn't have to, he didn't have the pressure of it. Yeah, He has no pressure. It was like, this is a perfect situation for Andrew Wiggins. You cannot script this any better. And LeBron (laughs) is now traded into Minnesota where (laughs) he's going to flounder the wilderness. Someone came to LeBron with what you just said. And he said, okay, Kevin, now, Kevin, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. That sounds cool. But uh, so, so Kevin, what are you thinking about? Also, oh, Andrew Wiggins is good. So you do think we can get Kevin Love then? If we can, flip, yeah, yeah. He's like he's that good. We could get Kevin Love. Perfect. Was that the first instance of flipping an asset? Andrew Wiggins was that, that was a first, flip. Was, that wasn't a trade. That was a flip. We that flipped was a Andrew flip. Wiggins we, to Minnesota. We, so some NBA people uh, got really mad at me because you asked me what flipping was. Uh, like you were like, "What is the exact definition?" And I gave some vague response <laughs> like about what I thought it would be. And then there were a bunch of NBA people that came at me. They're like, "That's not what flipping is." Let me tell you what flipping is. And I was like. You guys are say? way what too lost in sauce. Well, what you're saying, which is like, what do you say? Well, you before, have an before asset even the asset is in house, you are flipping. You know, you you bring asset in to then flip that asset. You know what I mean? You you don't have someone like Toby Tobias Harris is what we were talking about. And I was like, you flip him into something. They're like, no, you, you cannot flip him. You can't flip. <laughs> there's got to be there's got to be something between a flip and a trade though. Like, what about a guy that you sign for the the second half of a season for a championship yeah. run, and then now. You're you're trading. Now you're flipping. Now you're trading. Are you flipping or are you trading? Let's do flipping or trading. <laughs> is that a flip or is that a trade? Um, so Wiggins, like his NBA career right out of the gate, is is there are are uh, it's not unfair. It's a business. It's 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 professional basketball. I'm not gonna cry for Andrew Wiggins, but like it, the, the 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 setup he was going he was supposed to go to was going to be great. He gets this different setup. Um, the, the man never changed in like how he approached the game, how he played the game, anything like he's been pretty consistent from my perspective. And granted, I'm not watching. I haven't watched every single Andrew Wiggins NBA game. There are going to be people that have followed his career closely. that are going to tell me I'm wrong. But from my perspective, he's seemed pretty consistent with how he approaches basketball, which is like if, if you're someone that wants more out of him, you're going to continue to want more out of him. 
every single year in Minnesota. He's never at any point in time said like done an interview where he comes out and he's like, I've gotten so much better this off season. My haters are going to be sucking it all season because I'm going, I'm, I'm going to average 30 a game. We're going to win the title. Kiss my ass. Like he doesn't do that. He's just like, yes, it's me again. Remember me from last year. I'm Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to do what I did last year and I'm going to do it again this year. And that's like been his attitude. And now finally he goes to, as you said, he gets, he gets put on a team with, with a, with a structure that, that he should have had in Cleveland the first time he's, he's remained the exact same guy. He is now basically just like an improved version of what Harrison Barnes was for the Warriors. Um, And, and, and it's perfect. Like the Warriors needed a three, right? They've always needed that small forward. And like they had Harrison and Harrison was like one echelon below what they really needed to win. As we saw in 2016, then they get Kevin Durant, who's like 10 echelons above what they should ever have as their small forward with right. two, three hall of famers on their team. And Andrew Wiggins is perfectly in the middle of those two guys. You know what I mean? So it, it feels like they finally blended it together in the right situation. And when he got traded there, people were killing this man. They were like, Andrew Wiggins is a loser. Andrew Wiggins can never play in Warriors culture. Andrew Steph Curry will never go to the finals. I've never understood that. I, I've never felt like he was like a bad, like he gets treated like a locker room cancer. And I don't understand that at all. I, I mean, I, I do understand that he's not a, uh, he, he's, he doesn't have the, uh, the Mamba mentality. He's not, he's not a yeah. Jordan Kobe. I, I do get that. Like, if you want to, if you want to get on him for that, he's I guess Canadian. That's fair, what do you expect? That's exactly it. Tate. That is, that is exactly it. Is that Andrew Wiggins, his entire career, people have thought he's bad. He is not bad. He is Canadian. That's, there's a, there's a, that's an important <laughs> distinction that we need to make that if, if this man was not drafted number one overall, no one would give a damn how quote unquote bad his career has gone. If he was drafted fourth or fifth or, or whatever else. Um, and, and I, I, I sort of get, which isn't to say that, that we should be celebrating his career as like this huge, like if you, if you were, if you were ranking the guys who've gone number one overall in the history of the NBA, he's probably at the bottom half of the list. I would assume, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't put my rankings together. We're going to do that next show. <laughs> yeah. That's next. Show. That's next show. We're going to go through. Our uh, our Greg Oden is surprisingly in the top half of my list. So I got him. Uh, I got him number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. When you top look five. at his, when you look at his per forty-eight numbers, what what you could extrapolate out based on the numbers that we have. I mean, this guy's a Hall of Famer. When you look at him and Lamarcus Aldridge and Brandon Roy going fifty-seven and twelve, I believe when all three of them played together, I think you have mm. to take that into account. And mm. and uh, anyway. Andrew Wiggins isn't bad. He's just Canadian. And I think that's what we need to tell ourselves as a basketball community. Every time we watch. Can I just be the quote card? (laughs) I I will say I laugh with Wiggins because when he dunked on Luca, I could see him being like, sorry, you know, (laughs) like he's so nice. He says, Oh, like when you're reaching for the same soup can at a grocery store, there's a, there's a lady that treats it for you. Like, Oh, sorry. I'm going to slide right past you here. <laughs> and it's the, craziest, the craziest part too, is like, you know, after the game, they ask Wiggins, they're like, is this the, you know, the best dunk of your career? And I appreciate his answer, which is basically like, I don't know. I've had a lot of pretty big dunks. And <laughs> luckily some warrior super fan, like cut together an Andrew Wiggins, like dunk montage. And it was 10 minutes. Titus, this man has dunked on yokage over yokage. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, obviously, we, we've seen but I'd forgotten how many of these posters he has had over the years so the fact that everyone was so shocked that he did it in this moment too was so funny because it just goes back to like the narrative of Andrew Wiggins has somehow shaped the perception of Andrew Wiggins as opposed to the basketball which if you just watch the game you'd be like this guy scores 20 points a game as a super freak athlete and can dunk great defensively great defensively yeah, yeah. 
like doesn't doesn't do anything to hurt your team. In fact, does things to win you games like offensive rebound. I mean, he does everything. He's been the third want. best player in the series. And and make no mistake it's about it. If, say he's the most valuable because he shut if, down Luca. Yeah, I if mean, if the Golden State Warriors win the title, Andrew Wiggins is to thank for it. He's not the he's not the singular guy. You don't you don't say that like Andrew Wiggins carried them to a title or whatever else. But if if you run back this entire playoff run from the Warriors and Andrew Wiggins. God forbid would have had a, a knee injury in game one of the opening round or something. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not winning the title. They're not, they're just, it's not, it's just simply not happening. And I, and I get that like Jordan pool is fun and, and he's been a fun addition to them and Otto Porter's giving him good minutes at times. And he's been great. And uh Kevon Looney is like come out of nowhere. Like if you're, Please if you're be. talking about, if you're talking about like the difference between the original iteration that we know and love of the warriors to what they are now, you kind of point like all those different guys are, are, you know, they deserve their kudos in their own right. But Andrew Wiggins is the guy. He's the difference. He's he's the 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 of, of all the non-core Warriors guys that have carried over throughout this entire quote unquote dynasty that they've had. Yeah, the biggest difference has been Andrew for this year's team has been Andrew Wiggins, and I I don't know what that means ultimately for his legacy. I don't really give a shit about that kind of stuff. But like, it's cool for this moment in time to for a guy to have his moment in the sun because, um. I don't think he's been bet like that's what's crazy. It's not like like he's gonna win most improved player. So someone's gonna give, give him most improved player award <laughs> next like, year. What? Like, what the I've been, I've been doing this. Down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been doing this my whole life. I don't understand what's going on. They're like, well, now 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 we like it. But but now you did it against Lucas, so it counts, I guess. That's what I was gonna say. I think that you mentioned like the most valuable in the series. This is the first year that the NBA NBA loves to introduce things that everyone's like, oh, did we want this? Who asked for this? Yeah, but, yeah. They have introduced these conference finals MVPs and the Eastern Conference finals MVP is the Larry Bird trophy and the Western Conference is the Magic Johnson trophy. I think that Andrew Wiggins is going to win the conference finals MVP. I think he is going to win the Magic Johnson, the inaugural Magic Johnson trophy as a conference finals MVP because Luka, very similar to LeBron, the fact that he's guarding him is the value and the, the you know, the response from our favorite NBA. He's going to win the Kawhi Leonard uh, finals MVP deal. Like or the Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same MVP. It's like you stop Luka. Iguodala, that, that's preposterous. That is it's ridiculous. And, that and is, the most ridiculous part about all this and the fact that I, I'm just getting ahead of this, that Wiggins will win this award, is that Steph Curry is averaging 28 points per game in the series. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And the same thing happened in 2015. The guy averages 28 points per game. When he crosses half court line, he has four or five guys with their eyes all on him, and then three guys that are wide open because of that. And yeah. yet, when we give the trophy, we're like, "Nah, he's not the most valuable." They are they, the Warriors are so fun to watch. I, I am happy that we I, get to watch them and enjoy them without the without the Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. With, right. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yes. Say it, Tate. Kevin Durant ruined basketball. Uh, I as more time goes by, I, I become more and more confident. In that. He ruined the Warriors. Like he, he ruined, ruined my version of the war. Like the Warriors that I loved, knew and loved. Like that I was excited about with Harrison and James. My that whole group of like kind of underdogs. You know what I mean? That became top dogs. They just got completely washed out with with being, it's, you know. It's a shame that Kevin Durant doesn't care about what people think of him, uh, which he's proven to us time and time. He, he, which he's he's told many fourteen year olds on Twitter that, that he, he as he as he uh, tweets at them. I don't care what you think. It's, I think that's why we understand um, we get where Kevin's coming from because like we deal with the same clientele. You know, <laughs> we're like Kevin. That that was not what you should have done there. <laughs> 
We should be his advisors, his own line advisors. We're like, Kevin, don't yeah. bark back here. Don't, yeah, that, that, that's a let that one go. That's a you got to let that pitch. Sometimes you got to let strikes just go right down the middle of the plate, yeah. Kevin. Yeah, don't get um, with the day. But uh, I I really do think his only path back, his only I, I know he cares deeply what I think about him. So uh, Kevin, as you're listening to this, the the only way you win me back in terms of like a. Uh, like I appreciate, I respect his basketball talent. He's he's won, he's done enough to have my respect in that capacity. I don't mean to say that he's got to win me over there. The only way he can like undo ruining the National Basketball Association for multiple seasons to the point that we're still trying to get it fully back to what it was, um, he has to go to Seattle when they get the expansion franchise, and he has to win a title with them. That's the only way it can happen. Nice. I like that's, that. That's it. And 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 I think they're going to do it. I I think Durant can use his uh, the tail end of his career, like his window. We, we love windows on this show. His his, <laughs> his window uh, closing. Um, I think he can use that as leverage for the NBA to use. Like if, if he comes out and he's like, "Listen, I got like five, six good years left in me. We got to get Seattle the franchise now, so I can go back." I think that and that that would endear him to a lot of NBA fans, and that's how he wins. That's that's how it gets done. And if he can't win a title, because it's too much to ask. Obviously, guy towards Achilles. I mean, is playing with Kyrie Irving. Like, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons that could stop him from winning a title at this point in time. The next best thing he could do is move Brooklyn to Seattle. Mm. Who needs the, the, the whole the whole the, the oh, franchise? Just the franchise. Okay, move okay, the okay. franchise. I thought you met the whole <laughs> borough. Just Seattle, the whole like, borough. No, 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 no. Please take the team. Move the Brooklyn Nets, get rid of the Nets, or, or maybe just like add another New Jersey Nets. I like the New Jersey Nets. I don't like the Brooklyn Nets. Let's take the Nets, move them to Seattle, yeah. make them the Sonics with Kyrie, with KD. Let's move them to the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I, th- I think we're happy. The, Se- the, 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 NBA would, the NBA would find a way to ruin it. Like the NBA would still mess it up and like make the new Seattle team be the Seattle Nets. And then... <laughs> Seattle Nets. <laughs> the Seattle Nets. <laughs> did you know this is my favorite NBA? Did you know that the Nets at one point, New Jersey was so uh like the ownership was so bad off and, and just strapped for money that they tried to sell the naming rights of the New Jersey Nets to Nike and that the New Jersey Nets were going to be the Nike Nets. <laughs> the Nike Nets. Have you ever heard this? This is, a, Dude, this we're, is that's, that's I mean, we're that's coming, by the way. I, I think that I think that's coming. I think it's it's hilarious that the NBA is a league that will do it, no. It, I, I want to work for the league because like any any <laughs> idea you have in one of those creative meetings, they, they write it down. like ooh, all right, yeah, let's figure that out. Let's see. <laughs> um, so the, the, this is a league that that there's no such thing as a bad idea. They 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 just like throw shit against the wall left and right and and see what sticks. But at the same time, uh, the Utah Jazz cannot give up their name the Utah jazz and give it back to new Orleans because there's too much history at this point, <laughs> especially in a time where we're talking about appropriation. You know what I mean? Like oh for, God, for the dude. state of Utah to try to claim that they are the jazz, you know what I mean? Like it, with new Orleans sitting down there with the Pelicans name. Cause like if the Pelicans, we get rid of the Pelicans, it should have never been the name. If That's the, Myrtle Orleans, Be- Mer- the, the only Pelicans I, I recognize facts. are the Myrtle beach Pelicans. Facts. Yes. That is a hundred percent facts. Yes. Uh, shout out to Raphael for call legend for the Myrtle <laughs> beach Pelicans. Um, but if you could give them the New Orleans Jazz and give Utah a, a, a more fitting name, I don't know what it would be. Crackers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. The Saltine uh, Crackers. The Salt Lake Saltines. That is a big. That's a big brain idea that I think you put that out in a meeting and who says no? You know what I mean? Like the, really, truly. The Salt, the Salt Lake Soakers. Mm. That is that. That is their name. That is. Why aren't they the Lakers? 
<laughs> there you go, dude. The Utah Lakers. Right. Dude, the Lakers got to give up their team name. I don't know. The, the, the point is, uh, it's... Los Angeles Stars. The Los Lakers. Angeles Stars. And then the Salt Lake, or Utah Lakers, and then the New Orleans Jazz. What about the Los Angeles Likes? In, in terms of, like, all the people that live here want, are, are chasing likes on social media. <laughs> the Los Angeles uh, Likers. Likers. The Likers. <laughs> the Likers. That's honestly a great name. The Los Angeles Likers... <laughs> the Utah Lakers and the New Orleans Jazz. We just fixed the NBA. You're welcome. So, and, the, and the Seattle Nets. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA is like, we'll, we'll do all of that, but still we're going to stick with the Seattle Nets. Yeah. Because we can't give up the Nets history. <laughs> I think that Nike should try to get the Blazers. The Nike Blazers is nice. I like that name. The Nike Dude, Blazers. That is, the, 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 it's literally their shoe, right? Don't they have the a shoe? Yeah, that's, a, that's what okay. I'm saying. They all I was just double checking. I'm not... I'm not <laughs> It's like, wait a second. I know I'm I know I was explaining your own observation to you, but I was just I was trying to talk about no, I, I I I was confirming. Now wait a second. Nas Nas is a rapper, right, Tate? You're like, yes, yes, Titus, yes, yes, that's true. I'm like, holy shit. Um, can we talk about Luca Doncic? Does he need more help? What what's going on with Luca? Because I, I thought he had enough help to to beat the Suns, and then now did they did they gut his roster? Did they flip all those assets? Like what they happened? Flip, there was a lot of flipping that a lot happened. of flipping that um in game seven against the Suns and game one against the Warriors. What Luca? God, it's exhausting, man. Like he he's he's he is LeBron in this sense. Like he, he's he's doing stuff that we haven't seen since LeBron at, at an age we haven't seen since LeBron or Jordan or whoever. Like he's on that level. We get reminded yeah. every time he scores forty two points in a playoff game and loses. Um, that that no one has done this at a level since LeBron or Jordan or Wilt Chamberlain or, or God knows who. Uh, the way that this man is most like LeBron, it it, it has dawned on me after watching um, the Mavs lose Game Three and they're on the verge of getting swept. Tate is that he he has entered the uh, the the first iteration of LeBron on the Cavs phase, where every time he wins a playoff game, it's because of him and he his greatness, and it's amazing how good he is, and this is incredible. And every time he loses, it's his bum ass teammates that yeah. can't step up, can't do anything, uh, and and. In 2007, that felt applicable, sort of, for LeBron. But like now, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie are are being treated like they're Booby Gibson and and Larry Hughes. Yeah, and, and Anthony Parker. Yeah, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, like, granted, yeah, like, like the. I'm gonna go crazy because I, I I realize that that um, this is a point I've made 10 million times on the show, and I'm gonna keep making it as long as the NBA playoffs keep happening, and I keep witnessing the same thing happen in NBA media, but it really is like, there's a, there's a line that's drawn of guys who might be future hall of famers. And then everybody else, like those are the, those are the two categories you get put in as an NBA player. And then we look at every single team and we count up how many guys that might be hall of famers are on that team. And we've, we've reached a point where if you're a guy who might be a hall of famer and you don't have another guy who might be a hall of famer, you have no help and your team sucks ass and you'll, you know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's malpractice. What your, what your front office has done to you to put you in this situation. Spencer did what he scored 30 points in a game seven, like last week, yeah. you know, and I get, they were blown Reggie him out. Bullock like, had 21 in game two against the Warriors. I, I don't. Mean, yeah. Granted he was over 10 in game three. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it's wild. I, I, I don't understand that part of it. And it's not Lucas fault. And I'm trying to get better at that because like part of me, I will tap my chest and say that I 
I have I've taken it out on Luca that I will watch Luca and I will cheer for his demise because like it it just it it becomes maddening to watch the way people talk about this guy that if he if he he scores 40 something like what was the stat they said after game three that like when he scores 40 in the playoffs the, the Mavs are two and six I think two and six yeah has it has it has it dawned on anybody else that maybe you should like not try to like get other guys involved more like quit trying to do everything on your own you know like can we figure that part out like it's the same and then everyone just just makes the comparison to Michael Jordan when he comes into the league and he has to get over the hump. And remember when Jordan scored 63 in the Boston garden and it's like, yes. And we also remember that the bulls never won shit until Phil Jackson came along and was like, Michael, you see, you see John Paxson over there. He's wide open. Pass him the ball. Like get, get, get next winner is like, here's an cool. offense that we're going to, yeah, play. here's yeah. And, and I'm not saying that Luca like is selfish and doesn't fit into that, but I'm like, I'm saying the discourse is broken around Luca because like you, you can't look at that stat that the man scores 40, but it's two and six and say, he needs more help. Like any other sane basketball mind would be like, Oh, so every time he gets other guys involved more, every time someone else can like step up and, and, and get involved, the Mavs win. And when Luca does everything himself, they lose. I don't know. Maybe let's try to figure out like a better combination of that, which is what they did in the second half of the sun series. And they, they, they ran the suns off the floor, made the suns quit. They, they sunk the whole goddamn franchise. The suns are going to yeah. blow it up and, and try to figure out where the hell they, they go from here. Suns. Yeah, yeah. They, he literally blew up the Suns. <laughs> and then now we fast forward three games later, and we're back to where we were after game two in the Suns Mavs series, where Luca has no help and all these guys are bombs. And Jalen Brunson, never mind. Remember how we all said you're going to get the bag this offseason? Give us that bag back. You're terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick's Reggie, don't need to sign him now. Now, granted, Reggie Bullock did not play well in game three, but like yeah, Maxi also- Cleaver, I mean, like the, the the shooters for the team did not show up at home. Yeah. Can we also point out that they they made this man talk about his sisters getting murdered like 30 minutes before tip off of game three? What the hell was that? Like he went, I mean, he went to the Kareem Abdul Jabbar award. Like that's awesome. Shout out to Reggie. It's all, it's all fine. Like it, it, it's all very good, but also like maybe a little timing could have been nice. Can, can, can we give him the award on an off day? Why didn't he win it today? He's yeah. not playing today. Like he could have done it. <laughs> Instead, they got Ernie Johnson asking him, like, hey, uh, which one of your sister's murders impacted you more? Like, as he's getting ready. Like, what the hell is going on with that? I don't yeah. know. No, it was it was ridiculous. And then also, like, in the game itself, not even – I don't need the – Sorry, I apologize to Ernie Johnson. He did not ask that question. That made me that, – that was – I took my yeah. brain out on Ernie Johnson. No, I, that, was, that was not fair of me. That was unfair. We love you, Ernie Johnson. I take it back. I take that back. Take that Sorry, back. I apologize. <laughs> but it's also one of those things where like strike that from the record. <laughs> if you watch the actual game, you don't even need to know that Luca's gonna score 40 points and you like you said, the two and six record of that. If you just watch the start of the game and how he was dominating the ball and slowing the game down on offense, you knew from that point that this was not a good game for the Mavericks, and this is not how they need to play to win. You know what I mean? The ball yeah. needs to be moving, the ball needs to be popping. Luca does not need to be holding on to it for as long as he is until six seconds on the shot clock. And when they have struggled, that is has kind of been the recipe to their, you know, downfall. So as I was watching the first quarter in that game, I'm like, they got to pick this pace up. They they, mm-hmm. they got to get the ball out of his hands. So I didn't even need the final 40 point game to say, this is why they lost that game. You know what I mean? I saw it early on in the game. And if you've been watching the Mavericks, if you're a Mavericks fan, you probably see that as well and understand that. And Luca knows that he said it after the game. He was like, I need to get the ball popping. I need to get the ball moving. You need, need to get other guys involved. Right. And he's like, but then he also has, like you said, the Jordan 63 game. He was like, but I'm still young. I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He knows. They know. 
Jason Kidd knows the worst part about this game three was after the game, all the matter, like Lucas said, the dunk from Wiggins was pretty incredible, which in one respect, I'm like respect. In another respect, I'm like, why are you giving credit to your opponent down three Oh, right now? Um, you know, Dorian Finney Smith was like, that's just Steph, you know, like he, he, that's what he does. I respect, you know, Jason Kidd was like, nobody expected us to be here. All these reporters <laughs> had vacation. So th- that's really what I didn't like about the Mavericks after the fact was that they seemed okay with kind of the the way things they're, had turned they're out. They're now hanging a banner, and they went yeah, they're, from they're like, now like we, we made the conference finals. So instead of us- like instead of saying we beat the Sun, if we can beat the Suns, who were the best team in the NBA all year, we can obviously beat anybody. Let's go win this thing. Yeah, so it's like, well, we beat the Suns. That was pretty good, right? <laughs> exactly. That that was basically the post game from everybody, which which uh, I I find. I mean, in one sense, it was shocking, but in another sense, it reminded me, and we were texting last night, it reminds me of 2007 when LeBron went to the actual finals and he was going up against the Spurs. Yeah. And by the time they got to game three and the Spurs got up 3-0, you know, it was basically LeBron's, and he wasn't even doing this, but it was the media's chance to be like, LeBron needs help. Yeah. Uh, here's why he's here. You know what I mean? Here's what he needs to work on. The problem is Cleveland. The problem is not LeBron. And I think that's where we're going to be all offseason with the Mavericks. You know what I mean? It's going to be Dwight Powell's not good enough. The Mavs need to sign a big man. So, I mean, because they're really getting killed on the inside, which is the irony of this entire series and the irony of the entire Warriors franchise right now is that they're beating teams inside out and they were known for beating teams with the three-point line but they're actually playing like a totally different game that yeah. the Mavericks can't answer the Mavericks are actually losing because they're they're living and dying by the three and the Warriors are not yet no one has said that once about this Warriors team because all we can ever talk about is man them Splash Brothers and Jordan Poole yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly like exactly. Looney and Wiggins are winning this games on the glass and they're, the Mavericks have to match that at some level when they haven't been able to. So. The Warriors are so fun to watch, man. Like they're, they, I part of me wants to quote unquote hate them because yeah, you know, who wants I to mean, cheer for the team that's always winning or whatever? But without Durant on the team, they they are back to just his level. I mean, like Draymond obviously is Draymond, and we we you know you, you love that guy, you hate him. I'm yeah, it's one or the other. I'm probably yeah. slightly. I I don't hate him, but I like. Um, he he annoys me a little bit because I think it's it's very calculated and I I don't think it's as raw and uh, authentic as you know like I, I think he knows exactly what he's doing with with yes. the refs and it's a whole I, I you know the, the idea of Draymond Green being the most authentic guy in the NBA I call shenanigans on that but uh, at the same time I he doesn't anger me I don't like I I do I do enjoy. Um, the only thing that gets me about Draymond is like Gabe Vincent in the the Boston series in Game Three. He gets a technical foul. He literally goes to ref. He's like, "What?" And he gets yeah. teed up. Draymond Green will go in their face, like pointing at them, threatening their lives. Oh, I I, I, like genuinely, from it. I genuinely I genuinely believe Draymond. I genuinely believe he gets texts on purpose early in the game because he knows that he's daring the refs to toss him out of the game because he knows like once he gets a tech, he can just do whatever the hell he wants. Like he had he had a dunk. Um, so he gets a tech in game three, and then there was a, a dunk where he does does the fake hand, like they'll, they'll do that from time to time, where he catches it sort of on the uh, the elbow, uh, uh, sort sort of by the top of the key, and he does like a like Steph will come around on a on a curl, and he does like a fake handoff, and then like Draymond's defender jumps out to guard Steph, and and he, and, and he just takes yeah. a dribble and hammers it home for a dunk. So he does that after he gets a tech. This was like probably because I forget when he got the tech. I'm trying to think back, but. Uh, he does it not long after he gets a tech and he just swings on the rim and he's, yeah. he's got two <laughs> and then he lets go one hand and he's swinging. And I swear he grabbed his nuts at one point, and, like <laughs> flipped off the Mavs bench and then he falls and then he goes, he, he lands. Um, and I, I was like, he must've hung on the rim for like seven seconds. And I'm not a guy that thinks that hanging on the rim should be a tech. I'm not arguing that it's sh- like, I don't, I'm not that old yet. I will be at some point. I'm not there yet, 
All I'm saying is that like that, if that happens and Draymond Green hasn't already been te- uh, teed up, that's 100% a tech. But he already yeah. had one, and, and he knew that they weren't going to toss him for hanging on the rim. So he was like, there, "There is gamesmanship to that." Because in one it. sense, like Giannis Antetokounmpo is a good example of this because Giannis knows that if he just got called for a charge on the last possession, they're not calling it the next time. Right, so that's right. Why he exactly. Even exactly. Harder the next exactly. time, it, it runs over you the next time. He's like, "They're not going to call back-to-back charges on me." <laughs> Which, like, there's a gamesmanship in that, which I, I like, you have respect for, but at the same time, like you said, it's not as authentic. Yeah, right, right, right. I understand that. So now, now as, he keeps do, as he keeps doing this, like, he's going to get teed up in game. Well, actually, this series is kind of over. Game one or game two of the finals, he's going to get teed up early in the game. He's going to, like, go to the ref and be like, what did I say? What did I do? What, uh, what me? Who, me? But all the while, I'm going to know that that was, like, calculated and he, that was, like, part of his strategy was Marcus Smart is the exact same thing. I have I have a respect for Marcus Smart and the fact that he's able to manipulate a game in his favor, but at this at the same time you're like, this is all manufactured and like (laughs) on purpose, you know? Even the the hero block, the chase down block we talked about earlier, Marcus dips his head back into hero. Throws his head that's the contact. And then that's what the foul is, which is like it's smart because you're like if I go for layup and I throw my head back, I'm gonna get contact. But at the same time you're like that's not a natural basketball motion that would happen there unless you knew that you were going to have some, I don't know. Quick break to talk about our friends at my first million. If you're the type of person who's always thinking about new business ideas or wondering what's the next side hustle I should spin up, check out the podcast. My first million, the hosts Sam Parr and Sean Puri have each built and sold eight figure businesses to HubSpot and Amazon. My first million is a top 25 business podcast. Each week, our hosts brainstorm business ideas. You can start tomorrow. Maybe it's a side hustle. It just makes you a few grand a month. Maybe it's a big billion dollar idea like my idea for the uh, the the TV streaming. Or uh, I, I I gave it more thought after in, in, the, in the last uh, however many days since we last did a show and I was talking about my business idea state. And I realized, unfortunately, most of my great business ideas involve some sort of fraud and some sort of money laundering. But that's how most businesses work. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. I think I think you start there and then you like pull it back towards in legality and then you're golden. Yeah. And, and that's what Tony go. Soprano taught me. Yeah. <laughs> start, start with trash and you build from there. My first million is uh, sometimes they they bring on founders, celebrities, and billionaires and get them to open up about business ideas they've never shared before. Go check it out. Search for My First Million on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Go do it now. My First Million. Sam Parr, Sean Peary, My First Million. Done and done. And Titus, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other private eyes. That is why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Computers, tablets, phones, even your TV streaming devices, whether you're home or in public, don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. I know I don't. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. So go to IPVanish.com slash Titus and use promo code Titus and claim 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash Titus. Back to Titus and Tate. This is the great, this is the great tug of war of going on with basketball is um 
who's at fault for all the flopping? Who's at fault for the charge Coach calls? K. Is it <laughs> is really? it the is it the players for doing it or is it the refs for calling it? Um, is it like like where is the line between the NBA for enabling it? Yes. Is is it is it uh, is it smart as you said? Is it a smart move or is it a, a bullshit bush league move? Um, mm-hmm. That 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 is the fuzzy territory we we live in. This is the the Brad Davison conversations are all the same as well. It's like him flopping around, it, and and if you talk to Brad, he's like, "Listen, man, they're gonna call it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna do it all the way until I can't do it anymore. Until I'm gonna be I'm gonna be flopping at YMCA leagues well into my fifties. This is who I am. As mm-hmm. long as they're calling it, I will keep doing it. It's not my fault. And you you kind of that, that's why like I. Brad won me over because like I've, we, we've had him on the show. I've talked to him in private a handful of times. We saw him at the final four. He, he's like, he'll take a charge. He took a charge in a three on three game at the final four that we were calling. Yeah. Never yeah, had like, told us the, he was going to do it. The first, I, feel, I think it was the first help side charge that's ever been taken in the history of three on three basketball. Mm-hmm. And as he falls down, he's, he's starting to get up. He turns and he points to both of us over at the broadcast setup. And he's like, how about that one? Cause he knows what he's doing. He's like, he's like squints getting Wendy peppercorn to, to yeah. <laughs> give him mouth to mouth. And he's like winking at his boys. Like, how about that one? And <laughs> when he does shit like that, it wins me over. Cause I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess I sort of get your perspective that like pull this shit. Cause you're going to get away with it. But then as a viewer, you get so annoyed by it. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 what, what I'm saying, Tate is the ball Boston, this Boston Celtics team has broken my brain because like, I, I get so it, I, I can I can confess that if they were wearing different jerseys and they were all behaving in the exact same manner, I would be thirty percent less annoyed. I, I will admit that it's definitely that it's partly that the uh, the that they are Celtics players that that that's what drives me crazy. But my God, I, I have officially reached my limit on on Jason Tatum getting stripped by Victor Oladipo and then falling to the ground holding his shoulder. Yeah, he's dead. And then <laughs> that that I. I I don't want to be dramatic, but like I really don't think I'll ever forget that about Jason. Yeah, Taylor. smart. I, I, smart I really to me, that. like I saw Smart's ankle turn the the opposite way, and I understand like a, a I, we've all turned our ankle. I understand like the adrenaline. I actually understood the adrenaline conversation with Smart a little bit more. I'm like, I get it. He he has that moment, but he's also like doesn't take his shoe off. It doesn't swell up. He kind of just runs, gets his legs back under him, and finishes the game. Okay, I understand that. But with the Tatum thing. That was the one where I was like, wow, we, we have kind of lost. Uh, and you look, again, it's the only way. My mom would always say this. Like, I would get hurt in games when I was little. Like, I would get hurt, like, when I was losing. And my mom say, are you hurt or are you feeling hurt? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's one or the other, you know? Are you, are you actually hurt or are your feelings hurt? And I felt like a lot of that game was like Tatum's feelings were hurt. And then like, that moment happened and I'm sure he's got like his shoulder probably is a little bit beat up and he probably got an awkward angle and it probably hurt him. And you know, I'm not saying, no, I'm saying, like, I am saying your, that your feelings, your feelings were more hurt in that moment. And, and I don't know. It's uh and to go back to what you're saying about the, the gamesmanship, one of my coaches always used to say back that we played this private school and they were a very Duke like team. They were taking charges on us. They were, they were doing all just like the annoying stuff, picking us up full court and everything and, and just doing a lot. And he said, look, they're making the smart play, right? We have to give this team credit. They're making the smart play, but it doesn't mean it's the right play, right? And mm-hmm. I think that is what I see a lot with the Celtics and the Miami Heat. I don't want to put it just on the Celtics. The Heat do the same thing. And, the, and Kyle Lowry is another one of those guys in that group where it's like, that's a smart 
play based on the rules. You've manipulated that moment in time. Good for you. But it's not the right play for the good of the game. And and it's, the NBA doesn't care about the right play because they don't care about the good of basketball. Of and course. Game, you know what I mean? <laughs> they really don't. Of course. They, they care about the, the, the smart play, you know, pun intended there. And that's the world we live in. So like you said, it's hard sometimes because you're like, I'm upset, but you also have to respect the fact that, hey, you know, you're doing something to help your team win. So I get it. And, Damn, that and, couldn't be me. It, may, it, it makes me angry, too, because I realize how hypocritical I am because I like we were talking about it uh, last week. My I, I love Grant Williams. I still love Grant Williams. He's, yeah. he's a, He might be. He has a chance to go down as one of the biggest floppers in the history of basketball. Like yeah. when, when you when you factor in his college career and his pro career, I mean, this man's been doing it at a high level for a very long time. He he, he is he's he is that guy. He is, he's he's him. him. He's the him of flopping. Grant Williams. He, there is no question about that. Um, but uh, uh, I, I forgot. God damn, you brought up him at Um. So here's what I was gonna say it was was the, the fact that I, I I realized that Grant Williams is just as bad, if not worse, than Marcus Smart. But I, for some reason, I don't mind when Grant Williams does it. I do mind when yeah. Marcus Smart does it. It makes no sense. I'm a hypocrite. I understand, but that's that's where I've arrived. And instead of taking personal responsibility and saying like, Mark, why don't you sort out your own feelings on this whole matter? I want to just point the finger at those two guys and say, why don't they sort it out? And why don't they clean up their act so I don't have to pick which one I like and which one mm-hmm. I don't? Facts. You know? No, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And there are moments where I'm like. One, I think Marcus Smart is a good leader, like like a, of a basketball team. You know what I mean? I look at Marcus Smart, I'm like, hey, that's the kind of guy you want to have in your locker room. But there are certain things that you're like, I can't yeah. get down with that. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just can't. I just, I just can't. That, that what, Tatum was 100% feeling hurt. I, I will say it. You, you said he might have tweaked his shoulder. He might have, might be a little sore or whatever. I, I think that it was 0% sore. I think that was full, full blown, like, I want my moment too, where I come out of the tunnel. <laughs> like Smart did. I really thought if that game goes to overtime, I was expecting to see Paul Pierce. And and I don't mean to say that like it was it was harking seeing those guys come out of the locker room reminded me of Paul Pierce coming out of the wheelchair. I mean that if if we had more time in that game, I really think present day Paul Pierce was going to go back in the locker room, put on his uniform, sit in a wheelchair, and wheel himself out. <laughs> For the moment, all the, just for the moment, just because well, like it, it devolved in like a WWE deal where you're, it's like the Royal Rumble. You have no idea who's coming out of the tunnel next. Dude, that's that is how I felt watching the game. I was like, we're so far removed from the basketball that's being played that now we're just trying to to use the emotions of this building to rally ourselves to a win. You know what I mean? That's what Marcus yeah. Smart's ultimate plan was. It was like, I'm going to go back. I am going to come back out. This is going to rally, you know, TD Garden, and we're going to go win this game. And then it, he hit a three as soon as soon as Marcus Smart came back into the game. He hit a side step back three uh-huh. that was like, I guess the ankle was great. And then it was like the momentum was rolling, the building is rolling. And then Tatum, they were down again late in the fourth when he went down. He was like, well, maybe if I do this, this I'll do the get the same reaction as Marcus Smart. That'll that'll shoot us back out with some more momentum. It was like all momentum plays, and I'm like, what, what are we doing? Like, can we like lock up on defense and try to get a stop, yeah. and then maybe the, the game will turn. So we got far away from the game and into the gamesmanship. And like you said, it's like WWE. And I, I mean, we we like wrestling. Wrestling is entertaining. Our producer, Jim, is, you know, a wrestling savant. We we understand the heel turns and things like that that are going to happen. And uh, I just don't ever or always see it on a basketball court, especially in the playoffs. But we got a lot of it in Boston. Um, Not done yet. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got seven games of this series. I really do think that. I, I, I need someone to build an algorithm to explain. I... I, I 
maybe they shouldn't even play the games or I guess they should, but the results of these games don't matter. Cause we should have an algorithm that explains the guys that are health fully healthy and who are out for, cause that that's confusing too, that, that smart comes back for, and Robert Williams came back for game two, right? Robert yeah. Williams didn't play in game one. Did not he play did in play game in game two. And when smart and Williams come back, they, they destroy the heat in Miami. And it's very clear at that point that the, the Celtics are the better team. I mean, it's, it's yeah. obvious. Could not Horford, be more Horford and Smart came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hor- oh, it was Horford yeah. and Smart came back. Yeah, Robert yeah, Williams yeah. was already. Yeah. yeah, yeah See, yeah, this yeah. is why I need the algorithm tape. <laughs> so they 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 come back for game two. Boston is fully healthy or at least close to it. Uh, we realize after game two that the Boston Celtics are just the far superior team, and we have our answer. And this series is not going to go that long. And and there we go. There we have it. Then we go to game three. J- Jimmy Butler has his his knee issue, which uh, is also a little mysterious. And as soon as that game ends, he's playing tonight, right? He, he said, said he's playing. He's, yeah, he's warming up with the intent to play is what they said. There's but a lot of caveats with this whole exactly. thing. Exactly. They, they, Jimmy Butler goes out in game three, and then the reports are like he's out for the game immediately, but also they don't think it's serious and they think he can come back for game four. And I'm like, how do you know that that fast? That he's like definitely out for the rest game of this game. Did. But Dude, they're, they're they're like resting and picking spots for guys. Yes. Both teams. But then so then Butler's out and the 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 heater up big. But then Tatum goes out and the Celtics start coming back without Tatum. But then Tatum comes back in. And what I'm saying, Tate, is that we need an algorithm because it's it's impossible to keep up with who's better without their best player. When their best player is back, are they who who what 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 does this series look like? I guess are are we ever going to see both teams at their best? At the exact same time, I don't know. It seems like no. But also, that is the current NBA way to get out of any situation. How do you kind of cover your bases if you lose nowadays? You say so and so was hurt or so and so was out, and that's how every single year that is the way. I mean, look at the Bucks right now. I mean, every single person's like Chris Middleton was out, and fair enough. I mean, checks out. You're like can't say anything about the Bucks. This year doesn't count. Move on. And if you're the Miami Heat and let's say Jimmy Butler is 80%, you lose the series, you know, in seven at home, but Jimmy's 80%. <laughs> there's your excuse. You know, like when you move forward. And then if you're the Boston Celtics, you're like, what they had against the Bucks the entire time was Robert Williams was out. If Robert Williams was playing, we'd be winning this series. And now right. in this series, it's like, well, Smart's not 100%. Robert Williams isn't 100%. Tatum's not 100%. I'm sure Jalen Brown's not 100%. But at the same time, Titus, when is there ever... Kyle Lowry's not 100%. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's not 100%. Tyler Hero's out of game four. Um, Duncan Robinson is 100%. Play the man. Can can we play the man? He had a nice little floater in game three, by the way. I had... uh, had, uh, You you know this, that our haters are louder than our fans, and that's okay. That's not not disrespectful. Haters are always louder. That's not disrespectful. We love the the friends of the program. We we do. Um, But just haters always find a way. That is is one thing I've learned in this business, is haters... We'll find a way to be heard. And uh I, I had one of the one of the haters, one of our many haters reached out and and connected the dots tape that that Duncan peaked as a uh, NBA darling superstar, et cetera, et cetera. Right around the time he came on our show and I asked him about coronavirus in February of twenty twenty. Yeah, and he said it's nothing to worry about, or whatever. <laughs> I don't think that's what he said, but he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not exactly worried about it. I guess. And I forget what his answer was, but I, 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 I remember. I just. I remember asking that question and laughing at how ridiculous the idea was. That like. No, that's what I mean. Like I brought it up as a joke. I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I might as well have just like asked him about the price of tea in China, and 
uh, instead I, I was just picking something that was absurd that I had seen in the news and, and asked him about it. And he was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, not that worried. And one of, one of our haters has pointed out to me that that was, that was the genesis of his quote unquote downfall. But then the man signed a $90 million contract after that. So I don't, I don't really think, I think his downfall is being overstated here. Yeah, I think it was the start. I, I honestly think the downfall, let's just be honest about it. The downfall is when he signed a podcast deal with Tommy and JJ. That, that, was, that was the end, right? I mean, I mean, you can go look at the dots. You can connect them yourself, but that's as far as I can You get in bed with JJ Reddick. You're going yeah. <laughs> to have something with you for the rest of your time. Can we just say this? I mean, in, an update on the JJ Reddick curse. The, every game he's gone to, the team he's rooting for is lost, other than the Sixers in the playoffs. Um but he went to game three in Boston. He was there. In the was Celtics he really? Box. Yeah, he was at the game, front row. In the oh, Celtics my box. God. I, I, I love the we idea. We got to get him on the show. We, gotta we have to get him on the show. I, I, I love the idea of us having a rivalry with JJ. I just love <laughs> I have no rivalry. I have no rivalry. <laughs> that's it. That's part of it, too. I love the idea of us shitting all over JJ and be like, I like the guy. And I, you know, I, I no it will, honestly. Like, I, I do think he's great. I think, uh, you know, listening to him uh, and Tim Legler talk about basketball is 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 an absolute treat. Um, I, you know I what enjoy... I want to do? Can we can we like challenge Tim Legler and JJ in a game of twenty one? Oh, I mean, we'll probably we'll probably lose, but like, I like our chances. We got youth on our side, right? Like, I mean, but it is a it is like sort of a Jimmy Kimmel Ted Cruz situation where like if you're the one being challenged, you might as well just say yes because like you never know what can happen. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because like, then if we win, you can they're just, coming in with a lot of confidence and hubris. And I think that will be good for us. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're going to have a very low appreciation for my skills. They're going to also be like Titus was just a walk on. And then we're yeah. both going to be hitting threes and, you know, shimmy. Are we play, no, dude, you know what we do? We challenge them, but then we say it's Bob Cousy rules. <laughs> and and we get we get Bob Ryan to ref the game. Yes. And Bob Ryan, first of all, no three point lines. No three point lines. Uh, Number two, which actually, I take that back. That hurts me more than it hurts anybody else. <laughs> That's all I can. No, do. We, we'll uh, take it out because then it throws JJ off too. Okay. Right? Um, and then and then Bob Ryan is the ref because he's the one guy left in America that can can pick out like what is an actual carry and a travel and all that. Yeah. You know, like or he's not the one guy, but he's the guy best suited for that. That as soon as as soon as your hand goes underneath the ball, you're calling a carry. carry. Mm-hmm. And we win because JJ would carry the ball every single time. And JJ, he has twenty turnovers at least. JJ tries to step back bullshit sidestep the the, the 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 Tatum shot. Like, dude, I we we've been going over the Celtics that we don't like, and and I, I keep saying that I I don't mind Tatum. Tatum pulling the bullshit with the shoulder, that's unforgivable to me. And then also, <laughs> I'm starting to lose my mind watching him do the sidestep. But but this isn't his fault. Again, he's just like playing within the framework of the rules. But the gather step sidestep Jason Tatum like. That whole bullshit, like step back. That's also the side step. Yeah, no. This first step is not a step because it's a gather step, and then you have Dude. two steps after that. So you really, what we would call a three-step travel, is now. I, um, I I I actually might go crazy. Like I, the, the, I I I'm not kidding. I am old enough at this point, Tate, to watch all these step backs and gather steps happen. That I stand up in my living room and yell at the TV, like, "How is this possible? Like how?" And then I get the uh, the freaking the the blog boys of 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 NBA Reddit that are like, no, dude, read the rules. It's a gather step, and then you get a plus one. Everybody, yeah, knows I that. I know that. I'm they, like, they, I understand the rule, dude. <laughs> we all understand the rule. I'm telling you, the rule is horseshit. I'm telling you, I, this is not basketball. Fix the rule. 
fix the rules. It's also like there's no space to be able to get open. So that's why they have to put in these like little cheats. To Like I saw a highlight of Giannis and Giannis obviously travels. I mean, he spins, he stops, and then he takes an extra step to go through for the layup. But it's right. also like he has three people on him. He obviously got fouled. There was no foul. So it's like a lot of this, you're like, I guess the rules can't even persist because they're playing a different sport than what the rule like of the game right. actually were. And speaking of the step backs, side note, I saw a Penny Hardaway interview on Forgotten Seasons. And Penny Hardaway, they asked him about his little spin move step back three. You know, that that famous shot that the, everyone was going crazy about and all these kids right. were practicing in their warm-ups and stuff. And uh, Steven Jackson asked him, he was like, was that move that you something you practiced? He was like, I did that move one time and I did it because it was instinct. And I had a guy who was trying to jump like this, the screen that was coming. So I basically led him into that. And then I spun back the other way and then I hit the shot. He was like, but it wasn't like a move. I wasn't like, let me do this spin step yeah. back queen. You know what I mean? And then when you watch kids today, they're like, I'm going to go tween. I'm going to go in and out. Then I'm going to go. <laughs> and you're like, that's not how basketball really One-legged works. Hezzy, the... <laughs> that's what drives me crazy about that's... the Celtics too, because like I see a lot of premeditated moves that have mm. nothing to do. Like Marcus Smart does this too, where he's like, I'm going to go tween, tween. Then I'm going to go in and out. Then I'm going to do that. And you're like, dude, just get open and hit the no, shot. You can't script your offense. No, no. You, this there's a lot football. of scripters out get there. That out. It's Drew Hanlon, dude. That's the that's the Drew Hanlon effect. That's yeah. the guy that's like doing all those wacko drills with these dudes. That, that yeah, get them to to pray. You, you practice like two unstoppable moves, and they're unstoppable because they're cheating. Tatum. <laughs> well, also, of course, it's unstoppable. If you give Jason Tatum three and a half steps to make a move, of course, the guy can get any shot off he wants and hit everything. And again, I'm not mad at Jason Tatum. I like Jason Tatum. I will have the I have the stat for you. Jason we gotta Tatum, we gotta fix this. His two low scoring games in the playoffs where he's had ten points or less. The next game he has had thirty points or more. Oh, so he's we'll gonna go, go nuts ahead. tonight. And we he's gonna go ahead and say congratulations, Jason Tatum, on your of course. points tonight and your big win in Boston. He's Tied gonna, up going to Miami. He's gonna go nuts and we're gonna hear about how he's a top five player. And I so someone uh brought to my attention the comparison of Jason Tatum and Paul George, and I about broke my neck nodding so hard when I, I had that. Uh, brought to my attention. I was just like, that's I'm it. That's sure exactly that, it. I'm pretty sure that uh, like during the ringer draft, during that draft, when we did that, um, that was my shades of was Paul. George. Oh, really? Yeah. dude. It might've been you. It might've yeah, been. It it may, I remember saying that and people were like, you're an idiot. Well, to, to my point, to my <laughs> point like, earlier about how there's a compliment. A, like, is it yeah, no, exactly. Paul compliment? To my point earlier about there's the line and you're the NBA hall of famer. You're a scrub. Like <laughs> in a lot of people's minds, Paul George is not a hall of famer, which by the way, he's going to be a hall of famer. Like that guy's yeah. good. If it's easy to get into the basketball hall of fame, like he, he's, he, I, I think he's going to, I agree. He I shouldn't say I that because me saying he's definitely going to be, sounds like I'm advocating for him. I don't care one way or another, whether he gets in, but I, I feel like he's going to get in. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, there's like a there, the, people think that Paul George is like that's a bad comparison, and the guy was incredible. The guy, the guy had no help. He had zero help on the Indiana Pacers and took him to the Eastern Conference Finals. I I said the other day, a bunch of my year friends year. are Celtics fans. You know what I mean? That are out here. In fact, some of the guys that you saw uh, with the with the AJ Moye jersey, about it. Oh yeah, Celtics fans in that group, and they drive me insane with some of the stuff they say. But I said the other day that Tracy McGrady was heads and shoulders, in my opinion, better than Jason Tatum. And they facts. lost their minds. Facts. No, facts. They lost their minds. That's, That's a fact. And I'm like, did you guys not watch Tracy McGrady? Like, maybe, J- J- I'm not saying Jason Tatum can't get to that level. He he may get there. He's obviously winning at a higher clip and, you know, whatever you want to say. He's been to however many conference finals. 
But what Tracy McGrady was doing was no. just a different thing. We never, I, I don't remember growing up ever arguing on the, the, at recess when I was 12 years old with other guys about how many conference finals players have gone to. <laughs> I know that, that's get the that, other get that out of here that I live in. Yeah. Exactly. I don't need, I don't need to hear about the conference finals that Jason Tate has been to. I need, it, I, I care about the eye test. And as we said, what I think. Yeah, that's what the eye test <laughs> that is my eye test. <laughs> and, and you know what? I also think and Tracy McGrady's better. Vince than Carter Jason played 22 years, the longest in the NBA. He should have been a top 75 player. And the reason why he's not is because people that do those conference finals talks have basically disrespected Vince Carter's entire career <laughs> and dismissed it. And now people act like he's a bum. You know what I mean? Vince Carter's a better player than Jason Tatum. So is Tracy McGrady. <laughs> I won't hear anything else. And uh, maybe he gets there one day, but that's this where is, I'm at. This is horrendous timing on this, by the way, because Tatum's going to score. 48 tonight. I know, I just, that. I just that. but that's not going to change my opinion of Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter. That's for damn sure. What do uh, we solve? What do we solve this show? Get rid of the, uh, get rid. We got to, we got to clean up the traveling rules. Cause I, I, the, the reason I went on another traveling rant is that I do think, uh, I've been thinking about JJ Redick and Bob Cousy a lot. This is pretty much all I do in my free time. And, uh, cause it, at a certain point, say, you realize who's on your side and and that makes you realize how insane you are. You know what I mean? So like listening to JJ Reddick disrespect Bob Cousy made me realize what I sound like. And then I go back and I'm hammering film, dude. Like I've been on synergy watching all the old Celtics. Okay. (laughs) All the the Cousy, man. Cousy's got, Cousy's got hair. I do think this, I do think there, there is actual credibility in the argument. Now I'm not, I'm, I'm in no way, shape or form arguing that Bob Cousy's better than Kyrie Irving, but, but however, Mm -hmm. however, Mm-hmm. Max Kellerman. I am arguing that uh, if Kyrie played in Bob Cousy's era, he would get called for carry literally every, every single time. Yeah. Every single time. He would get called for travel or a carry every single time he touched the basketball. Dude, and I and think it, that's fair. And if, and if you want to at least acknowledge that, we can acknowledge that and then say, but in spite of that, Kyrie is still miles better than Bob Cousy. And I'll, I'll probably, I'll, I'll agree with that. But you have to start there. You have to start with saying, yeah, part of the reason Bob Cousy looks like Stanley from The Office slapping the basketball, which is a criticism I gave of the guy. Yeah, these, these were my words. I said he looks like Stanley dribbling a basketball because of the different rules, Tate. It's different rules, different times. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like one of those 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 people in politics that like flip sides, and then you become like the the biggest star on the other side. You're like, this man used to be a Democrat, but then he saw the light. Yeah, let's have him on. Let's talk yeah, to he him. Converted. I also think if Kyrie went back and like took a step back, like mid range jumper, they would pull him out of the game immediately. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Kyrie drives to the basket. He's got a hand in his face and he throws up one of his crazy finishes and that put, yeah. puts the wicked spin. They still take him out. But like, this time he, yeah. Even though he makes it, Red Arbox pulling his ass and say, never do that again, dude. Yeah. And he's like, if you go take that shot, call bank. <laughs> oh, man. Um, any shout outs? Oh man. I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, things that happened this weekend. Uh, I want to shout out Justin Thomas. I don't know if you watched the PGA championship, but uh, Justin Thomas's caddy is bones McKee, who is uh Phil's old caddy for a long time. Um, mm. And Phil obviously is a lot of drama. He won the PGA last year. He tried to form a coup against the PGA. Tour. <laughs> so um, light coup. It was just a light coup. <laughs> so he didn't real play. Coup. It was just a, <laughs> just a little coup. Um, so he didn't play this week. Uh, but, you know, Bones ended up winning with Justin. Uh, he was on the back for him. And it was, uh, it sucked that Mito Pereira choked at the end. He made a double in the last hole with the one shot lead. Yeah. Justin Thomas, that was great. Five years after he won, his grandpa was a PGA pro. His dad's a PGA pro. He wins the PGA major um, for PGA pros. So 
second major for him. And uh, I love Justin Thomas, one of my favorite golfers. So I was pumped for that. I, I, I've grown to really love Zalatoris. I don't oh, know what it is about that guy, but I, I, Wake I Forest legend. Yeah. He played uh, with one of my buddies at Wake. Yeah. Great guy. Watching him um, go through the, uh, the rules of that one. What, what was that? Six? Was that on hole six when he? Yeah, the, the, he was like, "I have another question." Yeah, he says, "Ask your question." It felt very much like the teacher talking to a student, and the student like didn't know how to like address the situation. He's very. But it, it also kind of underscores how insane golf is that that the players themselves don't even come close to knowing all the rules. Like, imagine any other sport yeah. where the players are like, "I don't know." I, like, 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 like the, like the ref blows a whistle in basketball and does the traveling motion. And the player's like, you're gonna have to explain that one to me. So what does this mean? <laughs> the, the ref's like, so when you, you had your foot down, but then you, dr- you, you drug your foot. Like that's a player's like, okay, okay. I have another question. <laughs> it's kind of like defensive three seconds in the NBA. It happens on every play until they call it. And then everyone's yeah. like, wait, what? And then they, <laughs> they stop for like a few possessions and then they immediately are back to doing it again. You know what I mean? You're like, I guess that is a rule that we have. <laughs> Yeah. What, what is the most confusing rule that nobody knows in basketball? But everyone, I, I think backcourt, right? That's Seth backcourt Davis. does feel that. Yes, yeah, Seth, Seth, Seth Davis taught me that, dude. We watched the TCU Arizona game where he was arguing that, that what the hell was that? And then Draymond got his tech for that. They called, yeah. I, I mean, I think the ref just didn't see it right, but Draymond got a, that wasn't backcourt. He got called for backcourt's a good one. I think backcourt is, uh, I think the uh, the the other one that's confusing. I mean, obviously me. traveling, right? I mean, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, right. No one knows traveling. Really, I have no idea. I watch these ball is life yeah. videos. Like this is like my social experiment. <laughs> I watch a ball is life video. It'll be like travel or not? Nah, question mark. And then the music starts playing, and it's like this guy. He takes a dribble at the three point line. The ball is bouncing in the air. He runs underneath it, and then he catches it and he dunks it. And then they're like travel or nah, and I'm like definitely in travel, right? You know, like what? That has, has to be travel. Now look at the comments, like nah, 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 nah. cold, cold. So <laughs> no, traveling, no one knows what traveling is. <laughs> they put up a clip of just a running back <laughs> carrying the football. <laughs> That'd be great. They put Adrian like, Peterson oh, running through the whole travel or nah. <laughs> like no, nah, that's a gather step. Like the man just ran a hundred yards for a touchdown. Like no, it's, it's, uh, let's gather. That's, <laughs> what was I saying? I forget what I was. I, I don't know. know. You asked me about the rule. The most. Oh, the rule. Another rule is uh, air balls. I, I, th- this one got me. So in the NBA, did you know this? If you air ball a shot and get your own rebound, it is travel. But in in basically every other level of basketball, it's not. It used to be when we were growing up, but now they changed it to where if, if you do like a real shot, it's it's up to the ref's discretion. If you're taking like a real shot. And it looks like a real shot, and it was an actual attempt at a shot, and it was an air ball, and you grab your own rebound. Uh, it's my understanding that at the high school and college level, it's not a travel anymore necessarily. Um, but if you pass it to yourself, it is. And then there's like the hazy gray area of what's the difference. Uh, but at the NBA level, it is still 100% a travel if you air ball and get your own rebound. Yeah. I find that to be a little confusing. Because I, that's, find, uh, I, I find that also like kind of disingenuous, I guess, a little bit because like if you do shoot an air ball, but you follow your shot and you get yeah. your own shot, like I feel like you can't like if, if a ref called a travel after I took a three and it was like really short and I got underneath it and caught it and then laid it in, they were like travel. I'd be pretty shitty. Yeah, <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> you know I would be I mean? too. I'm like I just ran and did all that yeah. effort. You know what I mean? I would definitely say I have another question. Uh, so what? <laughs> Say that again. Walk me through this one again. <laughs> yeah. Or I'd say peace. Like the guy got a piece of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Peace, peace, peace. 
I will say that's the best thing. Like if you're a young kid watching the Celtics or the Heat, you can learn a lot about how to manipulate a game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like every single time Jason Tatum drives, he goes back to the ref and is like, "Yes, arm, dude." Right? Every time there's a whistle and the the the, the Celtics Heat, and, and really every every NBA playoff game, every time there's a whistle, someone's bitching the rest about it. But uh, you saying peace? Here's another tip for the youngsters out there playing pickup basketball. Um, as you're closing out on a jump shooter, uh. It, even if you don't block it, and you're, but if it's like a good closeout, just say peace out loud. And then what happens is uh, the, the, it, there's two. It's a double. It's a it's a two prong thing here, Tate. Your teammates will then crash the boards harder because they think if it goes, it's going to go out of bounds on you. Yeah. Like they got to save the ball, so they're going okay. harder. They're going harder to go get their rebound. Um, but number two, now you're in the guy who shot its head that you you just blocked a shot and he didn't even realize it. He's like, well, that felt good coming off my hand. But you got a <laughs> yeah, piece? He's like, damn, dude. Now you're in his head. <laughs> no, that's that's psychological like that. warfare. So like just say that. peace. Like don't do it on the first jump shot, do it on like the second one. The guy mm-hmm. shoots. Close out, get a get a good close out, and then just say peace as he shoots it. And Marcus uh, Smart does that for yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. There's, there's no doubt. That's how he won defensive player of the year. Like he deflects everything. All He's the, like, all the <laughs> All the Boston sports writers in the garden were just tracking how many times he said peace. They're like, Marcus touched 90 balls tonight. Got a piece of 90 shaft. <laughs> You're like, what? Oh, man. I have uh, I have some shout-outs myself. I want to yeah. shout-out. Um, I, I have two shout-outs. Number one, it's my mother's birthday today. Um, mm. Laura Legend is, uh, is in the Purdue Basketball Hall of Fame. Her face is uh, in Mackey Arena. If you go to Mackey Arena uh, and you're, you're a friend of the program, you have two assignments. Every true friend of the program knows they have two assignments if you're going to a game Mac Arena. Number one is to go visit the restrooms. Yes. Uh, take, take a trip to the restrooms and, uh, and, and soak in all their luxurious <laughs> glory. And number two is go find my mother on the, uh, the Legends of Mackey Arena list. Um, but yeah, my mom's birthday's today and I wanted to uh, wish her a happy birthday, Tate. She's, uh, she's, be- she's become like a... I talk about her a lot on the show, but she's never been on the show. She listens to every show, though. She she'll she'll listen to a show and send me notes. I love that about her. She, oh, I like that. Yeah, she has <laughs> thoughts on. She sent me. I, I sent you the text. We did the hymn. Uh, the the hymnist of all time. Yeah. And she sent me a long paragraph about her thoughts on where Jesus should rank on the hit. And, and it was like, obviously, he said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the light." So that is very, <laughs> that's very much very him. That's very, very him move. But also, he has become like the the you know, the, the, the greatest example of humility that has ever existed in the world. So like that, that doesn't feel like, is he a him or humi- is it a, a he's a humility? Hum. He's, he's a hum- <laughs> humility. And she sent me this, this long paragraph, like breaking it down. And I, and I didn't have the heart to just be like, mom, we're just fucking around. <laughs> like, yeah, I, no, I really appreciate it. I think I, we did say that we had Jesus top five and we did uh, have Jesus. I, top I, five. I think I said at the top that my number one, him was God. So, I mean, yeah. I think I hopefully, Hopefully, Laura Legend. Thinking back on it, I it, maybe that just explains Andrew Wiggins' problems with how he's perceived by NBA media is that he's never once said I'm him, and if Ooh. he did, if he just came out and said I'm him, no one would accuse him of being passive anymore. And yeah, everyone's like, no I mean, the guy like, thinks he's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Andrew Wiggins the greatest basketball player of all time to never once say the words I'm him, e- either in private or during a game? Because there are a lot of guys that are mild mannered, but are also saying I'm him. I, I really feel like Andrew Bam, Bam was the 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 most recent one because Bam's a pretty nice, like you know, quiet kid, you know. And for Bam to be him out of bio, I think they yeah. should have just done a ham. You know what I mean? Like ham out of bio. I'm ham. I'm ham. <laughs> Who did uh Wake Forest? Did did you see that tweet that they oh, Wake Forest? Yeah. They're them. 
That, that like, we're what like is, what is happening? We're the whole the whole thing's evolving. They they had their uh, it was uh Laravia and uh, Londis Williams, right? Those are their two their two yep. guys that are at the draft combine. And the Wake Forest basketball count said they're them. <laughs> I was like, they what's that? Them. Uh, anyway, happy birthday, mom! I know you're listening to this like four days later. That's the other thing. She listens to, like every show like a week and a half after the fact, and like I've moved on. Which honestly might be fun because it's like you just see the things that we're talking about that you already know the outcomes. You're like, what are these guys even talking about? She's she's just now filling out her bracket based on my picks from the from our bracket <laughs> show in March. She's like, go Kentucky! <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? Kentucky. You really seem to like Kentucky, Mark. I, I can't wait to see what happens there. Um, oh, can I, I shout out you, by the way, quickly? Uh, speaking of predictions and your Kentucky prediction, you went on part of my take. Uh, shout yes. out to those guys. And they asked you what was going to happen in the NBA playoffs. Very tough question. You know, Ooh, a lot of tough questions. We know what the whiplash is. A lot of either-or games out there. A lot of either-or games. You said uh, Warriors sweep, right? Which we're on, we're on track right now, 3-0. And you said Miami was going to win. I said Miami would be up. So they asked me just what would – what would be this the, the case by the time two. it came out, right? Yeah, which is today. And I said Miami would be up two to one and the Warriors would sweep. Bang. And you so, won't hear so the haters talk about that. Exactly. In a world where yeah. the haters want to bring up predictions that we get wrong, yeah. Bring up the ones that we get right. So shout out to you, Mark. Oh, Knight. dude, more people, more the haters will still remind me that I picked Virginia to win the title when they lost to UMBC. And they they won't Ooh. ever once mention that I rode with Virginia the year after, too. And I went down with the ship. The and they were they were losing at halftime to Gardner Webb, and I still was like, I'm going down with the ship. Let's go. And you know what would have happened if Virginia lost to Gardner Webb in back to back years, they lose to a 16th seed. You know what I would have done the next year? I would have wrote said them again. I would have said Virginia's winning the national title. Because let's be honest, like if those three guys lost to a 16 again, they would have come back in the senior yeah. years. Yeah. Would have happened. My, my other shout out is I want to shout out myself again, but not really me, but the, the our, our people at Fox. Uh, I, I, the, the, I'm shouting this out because it's hilarious, but uh, also uh, all, all of our crew at Fox, Charlotte Wilder, Jim Cunningham, Thomas Mason. I think was Chris involved. Jim was Chris involved. Our director Chris that does our show. Chris who? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jim. Chris no. is on the list as well. Um, our, we we had a whole team at, at Fox Sports. We did this college football tour uh, last fall. I think we're doing it again this year. I don't know. I guess we'll we'll know more after tomorrow because Tate, we were nominated to win a sports Emmy. Oh, um, the ceremony is so the sh- it's on Tuesday. So everyone listening to this, it's probably tonight. So. Uh, Listen, I don't even know how you watch it. I'm not going. It's in New York. And when I found that out, I was like, please, no, I, I won't know. <laughs> Send it back to um, New York. <laughs> also, we're up against like, I, I don't even know what category we're up against. I, 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 or I don't even know what our category is. It's like best digital. God knows what, like best, like hunting of an albino squirrel or something is, is I, who the hell knows. Worst um, we're worst host. <laughs> Good job, Jim. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Um, Shout out! Shout out, Kristen Scott Hurley. She was on the. She she was. There, there's a lot of other people I need to shout out. there on the the Fox team, but uh, we uh we're up against Nickelodeon slime tape. The uh, the slime oh. from the uh the Nickelodeon NFL game. They yeah. were also nominated. That's tough. That that's like uh, whoa. That's like when you get so, nominated and you got like Denzel or like someone yeah, like that, and you're you're like I'm not gonna win. <laughs> so the reason I want to shout it out is like for this moment in time, we are still riding the high of being nominated for an Emmy. And the next time you hear my voice, I will have lost <laughs> an Emmy to slime. <laughs> you, but the thing is, nominated is all I'm in the need. conversation. All, all you need is nominated, and yeah, yeah. that's in the, that is the ultimate in the conversation because then you put on your resume forever nominated for I, an Emmy. It is a hundred percent, and I can say this now because I think they've already decided the winner. I don't want to say it uh, uh, after they announce the nominees because then I, I felt like it would have affected our chances of winning. 
it, it's very stupid that we're nominated in this. Like all, everyone works hard and everyone else on the crew deserves it. But like the idea that I was nominated for like going gator hunting and chasing albino squirrels for it, it it's all very dumb. It's, it's all like, that's, that's, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's still hilarious. TV. Yeah. And it's sports <laughs> media. And like, you, do you, I, I feel like they give an Emmy to everybody, but at the same time, I've never been nominated for an Emmy before. So I'm like, I don't know, this would be kind of sick, I guess. So, um, Anyway, I want to shout out our crew more than anything else because uh, out to the crew. I, I hope they win because the, the best case scenario is like we we win and we somehow only get like five trophies and they send it to everyone else that was involved and I don't get one. You, I, you I, I do not to, deserve one. I have uh, I dealt with that firsthand. I mean, we Bill Simmons podcast won two Emmys or two Webbies and then I got my Webbies uh, two years later. I, I didn't even know I got oh, really? a trophy. <laughs> I didn't even know that they were going to give me a trophy. And then Bill was like, I got you. Tro- I've had I you. Got your yeah. <laughs> He's in my house. I was like, what? <laughs> um, right next to your Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, keep, I keep it next to the Peloton and the set of house. golf. I've been waiting for you to ask for it. You're like, what? And the brand new <laughs> set of golf, been. the brand new set of golf clubs that house got for you. That, uh, yeah, Callaway. Yeah, Callaway. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, Jim Cunningham might win an Emmy, so be prepared for that, America. I'm excited. Uh, that, uh, that could if be, he does my win second. an Emmy, does he leave our Jim, show? That's the Jim, give your, give your acceptance speech now. Give the people the acceptance mm-hmm. speech now. That's a, That's a good one. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> it took so goddamn long. <laughs> this oh, was the... Dope. A lot of people no, were asking honestly, Jim though, how I he's going to react. I two months ago that I won an Emmy like five years ago. Wait, what? With uh, with the 30 for 30 shorts that I was working on. We got an Emmy. I didn't even know. And I had worked on the <laughs> You and I were in the, the production. No one were like, you win yeah. awards and no one cares. No one won. No I one already won one. I didn't even know it. I'm about the art, man. It's not well, the, the, the awards, man. What's hilarious? What's hilarious, Tate, is like what we're nominated for is 100% because of the production side. Like, like the reason our show was nominated is because yeah, the undertaking. Production. Yeah, like the undertaking of our Digital production innovation. team. The, the the undertaking of our production team going on a Wednesday to Sunday schedule of flying across the country to football games, producing like the 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 insane amount of content they produced and created yeah. and, and edited and all that sort of thing. That's the reason we were nominated, just like the bulk of what that was. Um, that's why I don't think I deserve an award because I just kind of showed up and did whatever. But I also, I, I forgot to mention too, that this was the tour that Jim, the famous story of Jim getting kicked yeah. out of the uh, Ohio State suite. So that, in my mind, he deserves that, an award that for that. Does, that I like to think that's award. why you got nominated. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That, was, that was a great segment. That was a great What moment. if I win? I go up for the speech and then that lady kicks me off the stage. Pete <laughs> Smith grabbed you. <laughs> By the way, that uh, um, Nickelodeon Slime MVP. There's no way we're going to beat that. We're, we're not beating the slime. There's no way we can beat the slime. In fact, if we and do beat the slime, the, we're also against Mount Everest. <laughs> what? Where it's like, like what? somebody actually like filmed climbing Mount Everest and like we, <laughs> yeah, we, we were like looking for. You just gotta see the montage video. You know, like when they cut and they throw the nominations. You need to see what they have of you guys. You know what I mean? You need to yeah. see what the 25 <laughs> seconds are because like it's gonna suck if it's you know you guys drinking beer at a live show and then the next guy is like climbing, climbing Mount, Mount Everest. Everest. <laughs> You're like whoa. We, we win the Emmy and uh, Nickelodeon, like Danny Tamborelli from, yeah. <laughs> from Figure It Out and Pete yes. and Pete. He, come, yeah. he comes on the stage and uh, <laughs> takes the award from us and does the Kanye. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, Beyonce, Beyonce. Yeah, the Mount I'll Everest. Let you finish, but Mount Everest had one of the greatest digital, <laughs> digital, digital innovation in the last decade. 
And then he has his mermaid tattoo dance on his arm. Oh yeah, that was right. That was Petunia. Yeah. That's right. Danny Tamarilli had the uh, the mermaid dance. All right, that's enough show. I think. Do you, any other shout outs, Jim? Do you have a shout out? Uh, no, just myself for the Emmys. That's about oh. it. I think. <laughs> nice i love i love the idea of us that's that's a good bit for us is we just shout out ourselves every, every show you shout every out. show we every shout out show. ourselves we're shout out. uh all right that's the show congratulations to the boston celtics on on uh tying the series up tonight i, I I'll, I'll shout out the nhl playoffs they've been insane i, I found myself flipping over to to hockey a lot as these 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 nba games get turned into blowouts i've been watching a lot of hockey taste so maybe one of these a- avalanche blues is the series to watch because bennington mm-hmm. the fact that th- this whole cadre bennington did they do a dirty play did they knock mm-hmm. him out now bennington's out for the rest of the series and the blues finally looked like they had stopped the avalanche that's fascinating. Obviously, I'm a Hurricanes guy, so I'm excited for the Hurricanes. I love the battle for Alberta. That's been awesome to watch. Yeah. Calgary yeah. and Edmonton, two of my yeah. favorite Canadian cities. <laughs> Edmonton, Both of them are in the top ten for sure. Edmonton is who the Canes played in the Stanley Cup in 06 when they won, and I went to game five. And uh, the Edmonton fans, man, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, I was crazy. so intimidated. I mean, I, obviously, the Hurricanes fans are crazy, but the, these Canadians, they're not, you know. Edmonton, like uh... I, I've been to Edmonton and Calgary both on a, a road trip I did like a few years ago. Uh, Calgary's like my favorite city in, in Canada. I don't know. There's just something about it I really loved. I, I really, really Love enjoyed it. it. But also when I went to Edmonton, I I, I realized very quick. I went to Edmonton after Calgary and I, I realized very quickly that everybody in Edmonton thinks that everyone in Calgary is a pussy. Like that's, <laughs> that, that, that's like the... Those that's, are the that was my big takeaway. Yeah. Like that was... That was like the Edmonton is like the real salt of the earth, blue collar people there that are like, you know, and the Calgary is all the, the, the people that wear designer jeans and go to Banff national park and like, don't mm. ever leave the blacktop, but take their pictures next to mountains. Yeah. Like those are the, those are the Calgary types, but also full disclosure. I'm probably more of a Calgary guy. <laughs> I mean, I like both sides. You know what I mean? We, we, but I respect both Edmonton. Both of us more. can hang out on both sides, which is yeah. why, you know, that's a lot of great people on both sides. I agree. <laughs> yeah, too. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's the show. Uh, we'll see you guys on Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday. We'll see you Friday. Friday.